This episode of Shaun of the South is brought to you by Case Knives, a tradition of my family dating back to my granddaddy who once said the best cure for idle hands was to build something. So keep your hands sharp with a Case Knife. And by WNC Original Music, my buddy Ron Taylor at WNC Original Music curates music for this show every single week, bringing to you the best bands in America, independent and otherwise. Do yourself a favor and visit my buddy, WNC Original Music Podcast. You will not regret it. And by Folklore Brewing and Meadry, quite literally, the best brew in Alabama. Visit FolkloreBrewingAndMeadry.com. And now let's have a tune from Alan Barnosky. Be. And my feet 
This portion of our program is brought to you by visitnorthalabama.org, the Mine Lakes Tourist Association. Visit the 16 North Alabama counties and make this state what it is. Let's talk barbecue for a hot minute here. You can visit Mud Creek in Hollywood, Alabama, off County Road 213, and get the tenderest pork shoulder you ever tasted. Or New Market Barbecue in New Market, Alabama, off Winchester Road. Tell them Sean sent you and watch their eyes go blank when they answer who in the Sam Hill is Sean. If you're sick and tired of the same old thing, visit North Alabama today or northalabama.org or hashtag visit north al if you want to go back to a simpler time just don't exist placed in your own mind if you want to feel free for just a moment in time won't you sing me a song about no freight line? You're feeling tired, you're hurting, and you're sore. You're broke down, helpless, like some worn out boxcar. You just gotta get away, at least in your mind. So won't you sing me a song about no freight line? Sing me a song. About riding the rails You can hear the lonesome whistle And the rusty old wheels You can smell the fuel from the tracks And you can taste the salt from your hides Won't you sing me a song About an old freight line Is to hop up and be gone To find peace in the west Like in those old songs Where you don't mind the time Where you do good work just for a dime Won't you sing me a song About no freight line Well I think I was born A good century to leave Where there ain't no real railroad It's all you feel is free Every single town likes more or less the same. Won't you sing me a song about no freight train? Sing me a song about riding the rails. You can hear the lonesome whistle and the rusty old wheels. You can smell the fuel from the tracks and you can taste the salt from your hides. Won't you sing me a song about no? Freight 
if you can't tell, I'm tired, I'm hurting, I'm sore, I'm broke down and helpless, like some worn out boxcar, I just gotta get away, at least from the mask, won't you sing me a song about no freelance? Sing me a song about riding the rails You can hear the lonesome whistle And the rusty old wheels You can smell the fuel from the tracks And you can taste the salt from your hides Won't you sing me a song about no freight line Won't you sing me a song about no freight line this portion of our program was made possible by the Baptists Against Dancing and Beer Foundation, whose goal in life is to help you avoid rhythmic movements that might lead to a life of carnality and unnecessary wanton pleasure. The Baptists Against Dancing and Beer Foundation hold local chapter meetings to help anyone tempted by wedding receptions or birthday parties and to offer high school children an alternative to marching band, which is a form of dancing, technically. So call today for more details. Remember, mouthwash technically counts alcohol consumption. This has been a paid advertisement by the Baptist Against Dancing and Drinking Foundation. Thank you. You know there was a time way back along the line It was like I lived my life without care But heartbreak, heartache, upset, bad breaks caused me to drift away from there It's a beat Quarters in the jukebox and fill up my mug Pilsner, supporter And if you're feeling bad for the man at the bar Who just can't afford it There's no all I got in this old world Beer cans and quarters One night in a fit I was lit Called her from a payphone Walked on back to the shooting star They wouldn't serve me there no more I woke up the next morning behind the bars It's beer cans and quarters Dropping trash in a plastic bag Along with Pilsner cans and porters And if you're feeling bad for the man on the freeway Picking up your litter no love I got in this old world for beer cans and quarters. Drove my out to Dordor Cold Santa Fe. 
hitchhiked further west Once that old wreck was laid to rest Made my new home in sunny L.A. Well, it's be in my pocket and scrapping what I can from pills and cans and porters if you're feeling bad for the man at the beach with a metal detector just know all I got in this old world are beer cans and quarters it's beer cans and quarters I've had a heartbreak heartache upset some bad breaks if you feel him bad for the man who's left his dream out by the water, just know all I want from this whole world beer cans and water. Well, you are listening to Sean of the South, and I'm your host today, Sean Dietrich, and it's a bona fide privilege coming to you live via the podcast airwaves and the radio waves all over this fine nation. I certainly hope you've had a good week this week. Good Lord. It's harder to have good weeks, it seems like, the older you get. When you're young, you can just, you know, fall out of bed, fall on every bone you had and break it, and knock your teeth out and give yourself a, a concussion, and you still have a good week. But when you get older, even just little things can throw off your week altogether. And next thing you know, you are having a bad week, and you're sad all the time. It could just be you missed two hours worth of sleep. Two hours. That, that's 120 minutes if my math serves me correctly. And you wake up, and you, you roll out of bed, and just that, that 120 minutes has totally jacked with your circadian rhythms, and you are, well, in the words of the of the fine preacher, you're screwed. You are going to have a, a dragging, slow day, and it's going to be hard to get your butt off the floor. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, you can have a good week as long as you follow one word of advice. And this is this is the word of advice. Sleep aids. Mm-hmm. Sleep aids. Now I'm not talking about pills, and I'm not talking about uh, you know anything you drink that comes in a long neck bottle. I'm talking about this show. This show, the most com- <laughs> the most common thing I hear from people who visit me is that this show is a sleep aid to them. I can hardly keep a straight face. <laughs> I didn't set out to be a sleep aid, but I guess I am. Uh, I was just doing a show in Decatur a few nights ago, and I've had a really good week. I really have. I'm tired, and then you can hear probably my nasal passages are a little stuffed up. That's not because I'm sick. That's because every morning of my entire existence, ever since I was a child, for some reason, I wake up just totally stuffed up. It takes me a few hours to, to get it all uh, you know, clean and cleared out and everything gone. And I've only been up for a few hours, so, you know, it should be disappearing here directly. Uh, usually I wake up and I'll have like a clogged right ear. I've always had ear stuff going on throughout my entire life. When I was a boy, I had major, major ear infections like my daddy used to. The, the ear infections had made him deaf, but for me, the ear infections uh, required tubes in my ears. I had tubes in my ears for a good long while. Which is why I'm a little bit uh, hard of hearing in some some situations. Loud rooms especially get me. Uh, the car. car's really hard to hear whenever there's that that constant whir going on behind you. That 
behind the background i can hardly hear what my wife is saying that's why these headphones that i'm wearing right now are turned up very very nice and strong so that i can hear the sound of my own voice otherwise i would probably put myself to sleep now i'm not kidding about this people tell me that that i am a sleep babe and instead of fighting it you know i'm just gonna embrace it i'm just gonna say why not i'm a sleep babe you know everybody's got their purpose in this world <laughs> my purpose is just to lull you off to sleep though i hope you're not sleeping while you're driving if you sleep on while you're driving, at least do the Christian thing and drive with your feet. Yeah, there was a guy who came up to this show that we did in Decatur, Alabama, which is North Alabama for, for my listeners uh, who, who live in my area, the Panhandle in South Alabama. Uh, Decatur is a little tiny river town in North Alabama. And I was there performing at the Princess Theater for it well it was for mardi gras fundraiser whoever can raise the most funds wins the title of queen of the of the decatur carnival and so miss marla schmidt had brought us up there she was competing to to win queen and there was this little you know meet and greet beforehand where i was meeting the the six people who come out to see me and I met this fella. He'd been uh, he'd been stationed in Kuwait, and he was a nice guy. He looked like he was uh, happy to be there, which is rare in those shows that I do. Most people, especially men, most men who go to the shows have been drugged there under threat of their own life by their wives, and you can tell this because their right earlobe is stretched all the way out. That means that whoever has brought them there has used that earlobe as a dragging hand grip. And so these men are already in a bad mood. And the number one thing I hear after a show by, by men who have been forced to meet me, God bless them. Uh, the number one thing I hear is, yeah, it wasn't so bad. Which, coming from a man, that's a, that's a high compliment. It can only be outdone with... Eh, I enjoyed it. Now, if someone tells you they enjoy it, now, man, that's just as good as anything you'll ever hear. I myself have never heard that, but one day I'm waiting to hear it. And so this fella that I met, nice guy, he shook my hand. He said, I go to sleep with you every evening. And, and that, you know, kind of startled me a little bit. I mean, my wife doesn't even sleep with me every evening. The only creature in this world who sleeps with me every evening is my stinky bloodhound she is good to uh, to fall asleep every evening on top of me and she weighs about as much as a Clydesdale so I looked at him and he was holding a beer and he said I was stationed in Kuwait and I would listen to your show while I was over there and it would just put me right to sleep well, <laughs> what do you say to something like that? I'll tell you what I did. I laughed because being a sleep aid is not such a bad thing. You know, if you think about it, one of the greatest things that we, one of the greatest tools we have as human beings is sleep. Now, I'm, I'm finicky about my sleep. I'm, I'm, I'm real particular about it. If something really puts me good 
you know, to sleep. I'm glad about it. Now, when I was in uh, community college, one of our professors, she was a sweet, sweet woman. She taught a music history class. I had to take this class. Otherwise, I would much rather been outside picking my nose or something, you know, trying to clear my nasal cavities. It was early in the morning. We had to meet there, and we'd show up, and she'd stand in front of the class. And she started off this class with a C-Day, and she said, we're going to go all the way from the beginning of music, uh, recorded music, all the way to modern-day music. And I just prayed, and I prayed that that did not involve someone like Keith Urban. I can't stand country music today, this modern garbage but she said it was gonna, it was gonna include everything, all the way up till now. Even and this is a true quote: even the Black Eyed Peas. I don't know who the Black Eyed Peas are, and I don't know why they want to name their band the Black Eyed Peas when you could easily, just as easily, name it the Butterbeans or or the Whitefield Zipper Peas or the Purple Hole or the Silver Queens. I mean, why would you name yourself after a Black Eyed Pea? Black Eyed Peas taste like homemade sin. She started off this class with the CD, and it began with a Gregorian chant. A Gregorian chant. I don't know if you've ever heard a Gregorian chant. It's, it's like several men who never went through puberty got locked into a room and were told to imitate a bloodhound with its tail shut in the door. It's long notes that just last forever and ever and ever. And these men just sing them. Oh, man. And she told us that if we ever wanted to learn how to go to sleep without use of chemical medication, that we should just listen to the CD that came along with our textbook. Now, I thought this was silly. I thought, there ain't no way this can't work. I mean, she's just she's making it funny. Well, one night, I had a night class. It was a Spanish class. And we were learning, you know, all about Spanish. I love Spanish, taking Spanish. One of my favorite classes in the whole world, actually. I knew a lot of Spanish because I'd worked with many Mexican men. And one of the first Mexican words I learned was compermiso, which is what you say when someone's blocking your way and you're on the way to the bathroom. If that person is kind of friendly to you, you can drop the cone, con permiso, and you can just say permiso. And if that person is really nice, you can add a little ito on the end uh, uh, and just say permisito, which kind of means uh, it's like a little way of saying excuse me. I was free, by the way. After Spanish class, I had a hard time falling asleep. I just popped in that CD into this little CD player by my bed. Back in the days when we had CD players. Those are a thing of the past now. And that thing was playing, that Gregorian chant, that, oh. And I want to tell you, I fell flat slap asleep in not even a couple minutes. And I slept hard. Even when that CD clicked off, I woke up in the middle of the night. I went to the bathroom, and I realized, oh, my goodness, I've been sleeping sound i lay down again and i couldn't fall back asleep you know how it is after you wake up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom so i turned it on again and i fell asleep again i will never forget that and ever since then i had used a gregorian chant cd to help myself fall asleep and if those men who are recorded on that cd 
are hearing this today, I want you to know that I'm grateful for your service to humanity. Helping somebody fall asleep is no small feat. So anybody out there who's drowsing off right now, I just want to say you're welcome. We had a good time at Decatur. Decatur was my favorite stop on this road trip, probably. I love Decatur, always have. Uh, the first time I ever went there, I was also at the Princess Theater. And the Princess Theater is a real great place. It's it's an old building, a very old building. And it's standing right there on 2nd Avenue, right in America's perfect little small town. I mean, it looks like every little Mayberry you've ever seen before. Maybe even a little bit more Mayberry-ish than Mayberry itself. And just pretty. All these brick storefront buildings towering over a little shiny street. It was a little bit wet outside, and the light was reflecting off the puddles on the black road that divided the, the downtown. And there's, there's the princess. And f- photographers come from all over the place just to photograph the princess theater because it's got one of them art deco marquees hanging over the, the street and there's nothing anybody likes more than a big old vertical marquee hanging over the street and photographers love this they've taken all picking all sorts of pictures of it this place is sort of legendary because on its stage glenn miller has played there ray charles oh Man, you want to talk about one of my idols. Ray Charles was one of my idols when I was growing up. Now, I think I've mentioned on this podcast before, I learned how to play piano when I was just a little boy. And the word learn is kind of a misnomer. I kind of picked it up, you know, and in church and taught myself. I would listen to Ray Charles records and just wish that I could play some of his his parts, his piano parts. And I learned a lot of them. Learned a lot of his songs. Learned how to sing, Way I got a woman way over town. She good to me. Oh, yeah. And you thought I was just good for speaking Spanish. Uh, I hope I didn't wake anybody up who was falling asleep. I also used to sing his song. One of my first songs I ever learned on the piano uh, was, Oh, mama, don't you treat me wrong. Dance with your daddy all night long, all right now. He sang blues, you know, and I love the style. Well, where was I? <laughs> Being on this stage in, in Decatur, you know, you feel that. You can feel the idea that someone here had been on this stage before you. Of course, he had a full band and he was entertaining people and keeping them awake, whereas I was trying to put the audience to sleep. The Decatur Princess Theater was built in 1887, so it's really got this this good old world feel to it. It was originally built as a livery stable to house horses and give them a place to sleep for the night. And it was a huge livery stable. You see pictures of it. It's got this huge arched doorway that is just enormous, like the mouth to a great castle with a, with a sign over it that says livery stable and men standing out front wearing cowboy hats in North Alabama, leading the horses into their stalls. And so before it was converted to a theater, it was a place for livestock and when you stand on the stage, you can feel that. You can just imagine that the floor before you, where all them seats are and that stage sits, was literally once covered in nothing but horse apples. Gives me chills just to think about it. 
horse apples from here to the end of eternity. Well, in 1919, the um, the Cater Theater was renovated to become a silent movie house and vaudeville show house, which is even more exciting to me because vaudeville is one of them things that has always intrigued me to the deepest part of me intrigued me made me wish that i had been born in a different time period when when men and women would travel the vaudeville circuit before the induction of the electronic flickering movie or the the talkies that, that just violate your 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 senses movies I have a love-hate relationship with them. I, le- I like them, but there ain't nothing like real entertainers and real entertainment. And I wish that I could have been born in an era where I could have seen some of that happening on stage ahead of me. Buster Keaton, you know, playing some show in, in some little small town across the U.S. Uh, I just, that, that fascinates me. So standing on this stage, I'm looking at this room, and I'm seeing all these people, you know, from here to the end of the room sitting it was a really it was a packed house that night we had like i said we had maybe 11 people there uh, it was it was you know there wasn't more than at least 40 feet between each person <laughs> and they sat there looking at me and i was looking at this room this large art deco room and i was looking at the curtain kind of behind me and the balcony ahead of me and the spotlight that was shined on me. And I'm supposed to to uh, speak, you know, for an hour and 45 to two hours. An hour and 45 minutes to two hours. Which is not too hard for me because I come from a mother who, who could make a conversation with a fire hydrant. Which might sound tough to some people out there who find it hard to talk just at random. But for people like us, well, it's easy. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. This microphone that I'm talking into is shaped like a fire hydrant. And I just speak to it. And I pretend that it's you. And I pretend that you've got your head on the pillow and you're falling asleep. Well, the guitar that I was playing that night was built, as a matter of fact, in the year 1919. Now, this guitar, particular guitar I'm talking about, was a guitar that I got from a fella in Houston who had gotten the guitar before that inside a shoebox, shattered in about a dozen pieces. Now, he admitted right off the bat that he wasn't no guitar maker. He wasn't a Lucier. He was just a run-of-the-mill carpenter. And he glued that thing back together, and he did the best he could. But there are several spots where the alignment is crooked, and the the face of the guitar is a little bit jagged. He'd try to sand it down, but other than that, it looks great to play it. It feels great, but you got to get used to the crooked the crooked feel in your hands. It's not like playing a brand new sturdy guitar. It feels like playing an antique. But he did a great job. And it's one of my favorite guitars. I have, I, I, you know, I have a few guitars because I've got a problem. Uh, most guitarists buy more more than one guitar because they feel inadequate, and they feel that one one particular guitar is going to bring out one day unlock this this real musician that's buried inside them. And so that's why they keep pursuing another guitar. They they hope and pray that this guitar is going to bring out the you know the doc watson in them well my inner you know my inner merle travis has not been released yet i'm still waiting i don't know how many more guitars it's going to take to do it but i got like four and they're all old because i love old things and that's what i was thinking 
on that stage. I was thinking about this old thing on my hands. It was the same year. It was the same year as this room. Well, now there's a thought. To think that this guitar was manufactured in Kalamazoo, Michigan originally in the year 1919, the same year that somebody in North Alabama was renovating a livery stable and turning it into a theater. It was just, just kind of bizarre to think that these two things kind of went together somehow. And I, I started to think about old songs. I love old songs. Songs that my granddaddy used to to play. Well, in 1919, my granddaddy would have been eight years old. And I was thinking about that in the songs he might have sang. Maybe he would have sang Uncloudy Day. Or maybe he would have sang uh, Just a Closer Walk With Thee. Or he could have sang uh, In the Jailhouse Now. That's an old song. In the Jailhouse Now. Buffalo Giles, won't you come out tonight? Or That's All Right, Mama. That's All Right, Mama. The same That's All Right, Mama that Elvis used to sing was actually a blues blues tune. Or Alabama Jubilee. Or Oh, My Darling, Oh, My Darling. Or Oh, Susanna. Or I've Been Working on the Railroad. You take your pick. These are old, old tunes that say a lot about the American people and what it was like to grow up during that time. And I, and I, and I had a chance to, to sing a few of these on this whole stage in front of these you know, eight people who were there to, to watch me. And it was a ball. It was, it was good. It was real special, actually. But that's not why, that's not why this Princess Theater is special to me. I'm getting to that. The reason the Princess Theater special to me is about uh, two years ago, I was first invited to speak there. And I was a little bit nervous because uh, that particular evening, I was scheduled to meet a, a you know, book editor from a big book publishing company. And she was going to meet me in the hotel lobby, and she was going to come to my show. Well, I was, I was nervous to meet this woman because, for one thing, uh, I started writing in earnest about, I think it was seven years ago. I've been writing since I was fifth grade, but in earnest, and I mean uh, with with great intent, I started writing every day for my blog slash column, whatever the H-E-double-Q you call it, seven years ago. And I didn't expect anything to happen to it, and so far I've not been disappointed. But she came because of that, that writing that I'd done. And she came to, t to ask me if I wanted to write books for her publishing company. And I was, I was sick to my stomach, nervous about it. I wish I was, you know, I wish I had a stronger stomach. I wish I didn't get nervous about things, but I do. I've always been that way. I've always been nervous about the smallest, silliest things. Uh, I think part of my nerves come from the fact that I'm not meant to be what I'm doing, which is, you know, I, I'm a writer, and uh, if you want to call me that, I, I'm not meant to be that kind of guy. I'm not trying to put myself down, but I was born to be what all the men in my family were born to be, and that's a blue-collar worker. And so this lifestyle feels so, I feel guilty. I feel guilty about it because I enjoy it so much. I love to write. But I don't fit in among a lot of the people who do write for a living, and they do it because they were trained to do it, and they do it because they, they deserve to do it. And I, I have never felt that way about myself. And, and I ain't put myself down. It's just, the, it's just the truth. I was once called upon to 
serve on a panel at a national book festival kind of thing and i was there with several other authors who were sitting on a panel and we were we were looking at the audience and they were supposed to ask us questions and one lady asked me a question about how i employed an active literary voice to nurture the antagonist protagonist relationship well i about passed out first of all i cleared my throat over the microphone and asked her to repeat herself and she repeated herself three times after three times i still had no idea what the hell she was saying that's what i feel like when i am put into a, uh, a situation where i'm supposed to pretend that i'm somebody i'm not what am i what are you i guess i can answer that with the with the phrase two words who cares you're who you are, and I'm who I am. We've changed several times. Sometimes we were a livery stable. The next thing you know, we've been transformed into this, this great little theater where we showcase different folks on our stage. Or maybe we're just a busted-up guitar, but we're still playing music. Ever since 1919, we're still playing. There's something to be said for lasting. Well, there's nothing better in this world than making music, even after you've been shattered into several pieces. There's nothing better except being born with a voice that serves as a natural sleep aid. Hey, thanks for listening to Sean of the South. I've been your host today, Sean Dietrich. I'm it's been a bona fide pleasure if I do say so myself. This episode was brought to you by Case Knives, a tradition in my family dating back to my granddaddy. He once said the best cure for idle hands was to build something, so keep your hands sharp with a case knife. The music you heard behind me today was Alan Barnosky. This guy isn't just good, he is bless your heart, blow your mind good. Do yourself a favor and Google Alan Barnosky, B-R-N-O-S-K-Y. You will not regret it. To find anything more about what I do, you can visit seanofthesouthshow.com and there you can find archived episodes dating back to my very first episode all the way to this episode, which you just heard, though I don't know why. You must have terrible taste in podcasts. I'm hard there. Hope you take the time to drop me a line to me about your birthday announcements, wedding invitations, and potluck socials, and I do my best to read them over the air for my friends, because I love to do that sort of stuff for my friends. And speaking of friends, friends, remember, Superman might be all-powerful, but he still wears his underpants outside his pants. Adios. Oh, bring unto me a glass of cold water A glass of cold water this poor boy cried When I returned the spirit had left him And gone to the giver this poor boy had died